it's not one star, it's two. The dog star. Serious binary system. I use it to navigate the oceans. I've traveled far like you. Space can be very lonely. And the greatest adventure is having someone share it with you. If we get out of this, I'll take him back to England. He can't stay with me. I'm not the father he needs. Who are you, Henry Avery? Respected naval officer, wife and child at home. How did you end up here, wandering the oceans with a band of rogues? I've set my course now. Nothing I can do to alter it. People stared at it for centuries and never knew. Things can suddenly change when you're least expecting. a Doctor Who podcast with me, Matthew, and as always... Hello, I'm Scott. Hello, Scott. This <laughs> week we are covering... I've forgotten the name of it. It's a pirate <laughs> episode. What's it called? Curse of the Black Spot. Curse of the Black Spot. A very generic title for a very generic episode of Doctor Who. Uh, not as it's, it's fine, we'll get into it. But this episode first aired on the 7th of May 2011, which, Scott, disgustingly, was 10 years, <laughs> 11 months, and 4 days ago at the time of recording. We're coming up to the 11th anniversary of this episode. Um, and uh, uh, in a month, everybody is going to be partying, everybody's going to be celebrating this wonderful episode that everybody remembers. Every year, do it every year. It's the curse of the Black Spot <laughs> Day, 7th of May. Can never forget that. Uh, but it was an interesting day in the world of the cinema, Scott. Could you guess as to what's number one at the box office in May 2011? Okay, my guess when it comes to like May, I'm always thinking Marvel movies, and I think it's Thor around uh, this time. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely right. It is Thor, uh, probably one of the weakest Phase One Marvel films. Definitely is in my opinion, yes. Yeah, it's it's. I, th- it's I think fine. I like the incredible. I think it's. I think fine. I like the. I like. I like the Incredible Hulk more than four, even though it's been a while since I've seen either movie. The Incredible Hulk's fun, but yeah, I've, I've seen that one the least as well because it's owned by uh, Paramount, Paramount still. Yeah, because they own Hulk. Yeah. Or or it's Universal. I think it's a bit of both, kind of. It's, yeah. It's very strange. Either way, it was before Disney bought Marvel. What a, what a wild time that was. Yeah, remember when Disney didn't buy everything? Amazing times. I'm pretty sure they own this podcast. Or they're going to. <laughs> that sounds uh, right, actually. Yeah. Um, well, actually, this we put we use Anchor, which is owned by Spotify. So it's probably it's only a matter of time till Disney buys Spotify. I'm telling you. And also Anchor. Pirates. pirates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Uh, 
<laughs> I've got I've got both songs for the US and the UK here. The US one, I didn't know. Maybe you'll know it. It's got some really big artists. Uh, the UK one, no, I did know, and that was a flashback to the past. But we'll start with the US one. Could you hazard any guesses as to what would be number one in the charts? Mambo number five. <laughs> Close. No, it's E.T. by Katy Perry featuring Kanye West. It is a song that definitely exists. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just, it's generic pop with some generic rap. I'm not a fan of either of these artists, so. It's it's a song I only know because whenever I hear about it, I think, wait, that's not the alien. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Kanye West has a line about eating ass in it, so. F- fun for the whole classic, family. Classic Kanye. <laughs> but thinking of fun for the whole family, the UK number one song. It was everywhere, Scott, in 2011. It was mega meme It was in all the schools. You know it. You 100% know this song. Think, flash your mind back, <laughs> 2011. How terrible was culture that this was our number one song? <laughs> I... Um, was it um, LMFAO? I know it was around this time, but yeah, probably not. It was, was party it? Rock, it's Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO. Yeah. I I was literally <laughs> just talking about this song of somebody yesterday, and I was like, what wow. song sucks? <laughs> wow, it was it was in the, in the but, air. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's, Coming up to but, 11 years since that song blessed us. Whatever happened to that band, eh? I think just, it, they just broke up. I think it was a uncle and a nephew weirdly was it yeah yeah if i'm remembering rightly the two because they looked very similar i always thought they were brothers but they're like uncle and nephew which was weird uh but yeah i think they just kind of stopped making music or maybe they didn't i'm just making stuff up uh, <laughs> but you know yeah. you know what else i was speaking about yesterday you know the music channel viva that was around for a while just that's like early 2010s kind of no i don't know viva. vibes I, I i if i had a music channel on it would just be kerrang <laughs> Which even then, yeah. that's that's very much of its time as well, isn't it? Music yeah, channels. Mu- Who even uses music channels anymore? You know, grandpas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we've got uh, the on this day in history part, the Ooh. the like deep dive. It's my favorite part. And there's two occurrences here uh, where history is being rather, let's say, romantic. Uh, but we'll start first. In 1429, the English siege of Orleans is broken by Joan of Arc and the French army. Nice. Good on them. Uh, in 1867, the Swedish chemist Alfred uh, Alfred Nobel uh, patents dynamite in England, which is the first of three patents he would receive for the explosive material. Dynamite gets in, well patented uh, in the 1800s. And then we flash into 1939. What a fun year. Germany, oh. and, Germany and Italy announced that they, an alliance known as Rome-Berlin Axis. And I'm sure everything was fine. And everything- oh, yeah. <laughs> but, sounds like p- very peaceful times. Yes. Yeah. If we then flash forward to 1945, World War II, unconditional German surrender to the Allies is signed by General Alfred Jodl at Reims. So... The same day that the uh, Axis united in 1945, they surrendered uh, in World War II. I thought that was a nice bit of history rhyming. History rhyming coming up as well for the second part, uh, almost. But in 1952, the concept of the integrated circuit, the basis of all modern computers, is first published by Jeffrey Dummer. So nice. Computers are coming around. And Jeffrey then, Dummer, more like Jeffrey Smarter. Yeah, am I right? Yeah, because yeah, he <laughs> computers. Uh, 
<laughs> and, and then we're going to flash into the year 2017. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and this is where it is extremely prevalent to news that came out today. Uh-huh. Uh, Emmanuel Macron wins France presidential election, defeating Marine Le Pen. Now, today, they've just done the first round of voting again in France, where Emmanuel mm-hmm. Macron has moved into the second round, and his opponent, Marine Le Pen, again. Uh, <laughs> so, history, history is repeating itself. Will he win again, or is she going to win this time? I hope she doesn't win. <laughs> She's extremely right-wing. <laughs> I know nothing about French politics, but sure, go go the dude that's in right now. Yeah, the dude that's in right now that I know nothing about other than <laughs> he's, like, kind of handsome looking. I don't know. He's a French man, isn't he? Oh, yeah, French are just... <laughs> oof. Oh, wee wee. That's the way French, I know. Baguette. <laughs> and just like that, we lost all our yeah, French yeah, audience. Yeah, we lost all of our French audience just like that. Amazing. Uh, but that is all I have for the news segment. Very brief uh, little flash through history there. Uh, an interesting time to be alive. History doesn't stop and everything happens twice. Well, you know what else happened on this day in history? Curse um, of the Black Spot aired. Hurrah! <laughs> the, known as the greatest episode of Doctor Who ever to air. Oh yeah, just just a masterpiece from start to finish. <laughs> but yeah, Curse of the Black Spot came around because the crew just wanted to do a pirate story, which fair enough. It hadn't been really done that much in Doctor Who apart from like three other times. So you know, why not do it a fourth time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mo- so Stephen Moffat wanted every pirate trope, and it really shows. He wanted a ghost ship walking the plank, a stowaway in search for adventure, the ominous presence of a black spot, storms at sea, sword fights, swinging on ropes, and a good-hearted pirate, and a mutiny. That's every pirate trope. Yeah, it is every (laughs) pirate trope. And and in this episode, I think it does come across as like a checklist. (laughs) Oh yeah, now now Amy has to swing on a rope for five seconds. See, I I was too distracted by the really strange dialogue throughout this episode, uh, and the strange performances. I think everybody's bad in this episode. Uh, oh, like like I feel like uh, you know maybe we'll change my opinion as we're going through. I feel like Matt Smith's trying too hard uh, at certain moments. You know, I, I think Amy is kind of just blah. Rory has a few moments that make me actually laugh, but. <laughs> Yeah, and the rest of the cast are so forgettable. Yeah, we'll get to it, but there's points of this where I thought Matt Smith was giving like a Johnny Depp and Pirates of the Caribbean kind of performance, which oh. is kind of interesting, but we'll get to like we'll talk about it later on. Uh, but the writer of this episode is Steve Thompson, and he came to Stephen Moffat's attention in 2004 with a play called Damages. I know nothing about this play, so... And so his first TV job was to write two two episodes of Doctors and one episode of Upstairs Downstairs. Again, haven't seen never, any of these never shows. even heard of Upstairs Downstairs. <laughs> it's about people walking up and downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so his big claim to fame kind of started in 2010 when he wrote uh, one episode of Sherlock every season, which obviously just three episodes then <laughs> but yeah yeah but that's still that's that's a third of the series you know? yeah uh, were you into sherlock at all i was i was super into sherlock right until they did the christmas special that was in the past and then it turned out to all be a dream and then i went i'm done watching this show now 
<laughs> uh, see, when it when Sherlock initially came out, I was kind of too young to really care that much about Sherlock. I mean, season two came around, and I was like, I'm I'm kind of done with Stephen Moffat with Doctor Who because I think at points he was trying to be too clever, and it just got to a point of ridiculousness. So I never got into Sherlock, but I hear that show plummets. <laughs> it is phenomenal for about three seasons. And, mm. and and then I stopped watching. And I heard it gets really bad after that and I have no desire to go back to it. It also suffers that each episode's just a film. Yeah, it's 90 minutes each episode, which is kind of insane. Yeah, it's uh, a hard show to binge. I say it's a hard show to binge. It, surprisingly, it's not. I think it's paid, at least those first three seasons. Uh, you get sucked in really quickly. And all the casting is perfect and stuff like that. Oh yeah, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman can are excellent actors, but we're too busy for a show now, so yeah. it's never going to return. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a re- recurring meme of a show. Um, so Falkland being hired for Sherlock, Thompson eagerly asked for a Doctor Who episode, and of course he got Curse of the Black Spot. After Curse of the Black Spot, he wrote Journey to the Center of the TARDIS. Do you remember this episode yes. at all? Yes, I do. I remember being really excited by the concept of that episode because I liked the idea of exploring other parts of the TARDIS. And then I remember, and I've not seen, I've only seen this episode maybe once or twice, but yeah. I remember being really disappointed by it. Yeah, I, I saw, I've only seen it once and I just remember being disappointed by it as well because budget really isn't there to show off the TARDIS that much and I don't think the story itself was interesting or it's it like was zombies. like yeah, yeah, was there it was, zombies yeah it, sound, it was like weird like burnt up zombie people if I'm remembering yeah. correctly yeah so, so sadly like two unmemorable episodes in the rule for him um, after Journey of the Center of the TARDIS uh, he wrote Time Heist which I remember being one of the best season 8 episodes yeah yeah that's Capaldi's first season isn't it yeah yeah I not remember- not not that I remember too much about Time Heist. I, I don't seen remember. It since it aired. I remember it had that cool looking alien. Yeah. And yeah, I remember it being a strong episode in Capaldi's first season as well. But yeah, um, after Doctor Who, he kind of became an executive producer and wrote more. Uh, he wrote Jericho, Leonardo, and Vienna Blood. Of the two shows he created, uh, he created the latter two, and I haven't heard of any of them, so. <laughs> So kind of a quiet career. Um, Usually we don't talk about directors, though. uh, But this was directed by Jeremy Webb. Uh, Jeremy Webb is probably like Doctor Who's most prolific director, I would say. One of, I would would say, yeah. Um, So Jeremy Webb came to attention um, in 1997 when he won a Lloyds Bank short film challenge, which was broadcast on Channel 4. In the 2000s, he he directed four episodes of Grange Hill nine episodes of Casualty, and a ton of miniseries. And in 2008, he started on Merlin, and he wrote... Sorry, he directed 15 episodes of Merlin. Oh, wow. Which we've we've talked about Merlin in we've the past. We've talked about it, yeah. It's a bad show. <laughs> it's, a, it's a show that I watched as a kid and have subsequently gone back to try and watch three or four times and always give up because at least those first two seasons are almost unwatchably bad. Yeah. Uh... I think I've only seen the first season, and it's okay. It's just kind of like background television, but it's nothing special at all. It's it's Apparently it gets uh, incredible, but I just can't get through it. So Apparently apparently it ends with Merlin in the modern day, which is very awesome. strange. Yeah, what a great choice. 
Maybe he, um, maybe he ends up going into the future, and he ends up going onto a bus that <laughs> you remember the Doctor Who episode yes. that he's yeah yeah. That was a great episode of Doctor Who. That was a terrifying episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> I, I can't I can't wait to cover that eventually. We've got so much Doctor Who to cover. Uh, but in 2011, of course, he directed Curse of the Black Spot in Doctor Who, and he also directed The Wedding of River Song, oh, which okay. I remember being like one of the best visually distinctive episodes of that uh, Moffat era. Just like the CGI shots throughout the new London that's been kind of like yes, 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 destroyed yes. by time. It's, it's, which... a, it's an episode I very vaguely remember, but I do remember like it's like the mishmash of all of history in London at once. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a fun episode. I don't remember it being that good. I think it fell apart at the second half, but yeah, it's a really solid directed episode. Um, so after Doctor Who is where the fun part comes in, he directed two episodes of Downtown Abbey, one episode of Fear of the Walking Dead, an episode of Legion, three episodes of Punisher, three episodes of Runaway, two episodes of Alter and Carbon, uh, four episodes of The Umbrella Academy, and he's currently directing four episodes of The Last of Us, that HBO show oh. based on the video game, which I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about it. He's moved up quite a bit in the world from Doctor Who. He's got gone from big project to big project. Uh, with The Last of Us, I mean, the game's already a TV show, so who yeah. cares? <laughs> you know, uh, I'll, I'll I probably won't watch it because I'm only vaguely interested in that game series, and I've seen the I've watched the game series. Uh, so the TV show really doesn't appeal to me much. Although it's got a good cast, Pedro Pascal and stuff in it, so. You know, maybe it'll be good, or it'll be terrible, or, and this is probably most likely, it'll be a generic zombie show. Um, yeah, probably the latter. <laughs> There's too many <laughs> zombie shows. Like, Walking Dead alone has, like, a million shows. Fear, yeah, Fear the Walking Dead, which is one of the, like, 15 spin-offs The Walking Dead has, has, like, 10 seasons. And I was yeah. like, what? How does it have 10 seasons? It just came out. No, it didn't. It didn't just come out. <laughs> I remember when it came out, and I was excited about it because it it kind of told new stories within the Walking Dead universe. It was like all about a family. I mean, the family kind of split up, and it just became the Walking Dead again. I was like, yeah. what's the point in watching this? Now they've got a new <laughs> spin-off show, which I'm sure will turn into just the Walking Dead again. Uh, yeah, we're doing a show with uh, Negan and Maggie, yeah. even though Negan killed Maggie's husband which is like why are they kind of spin off well, watch <laughs> the show and find friends? out watch the show and find out yeah and, there's, and there's there's also a rick spin off yes yeah, it's, it, it's it's bizarre but yeah this guy is a really good director i would presume he's he's done big work yeah, yeah. um so researching the script um steve thompson found he began reading his son's pirate books uh, he found Captain Henry Ab Avery, born in Devon, and one of the most notorious pirates. In 19, uh, or sorry, 1694, he took over the fancy following a mutiny and attacked many vessels, one of them being the Grand Mughal's ship, which gave him the haul of £600,000 and given him a massive bounty on his head. He vanished two years later, where people presume he lived out under a different identity until his death. So, of course... Uh, Doctor Who does do his thing where there's like a moment of history that wasn't written down based yeah. on the person and we're like okay this is perfect they went on adventures with a doctor like uh, Agatha Christie yeah yeah and it leads to my one of my favorite lines in this episode 
when the doctor's throwing all the treasure out the window and the guy's like, hey, no, those were, you know, this dude from India's. And he went, and the doctor's like, oh, good. I thought they might have been yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is, it's, it was a good line from, from Matt Smith. Yeah, that was a line from Matt Smith. What? From he did, episode, he I, did say that line in this episode. <laughs> yeah. I watched this episode, like, I don't know, like eight hours ago. Barely remember it. It's not that memorable but yeah uh, yeah i think it's a fine it's 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 filler episode isn't it you know yeah uh, so the whole mermaid element came from folklore he heard in a pub at Zenor about a boy named matthew who's singing attracted Gasp. a mermaid yes matthew I, fell I, in... I i i i can do that yeah all the time <laughs> uh, matthew fell in love with a mermaid and followed her to sea and was never seen again until right some... now <laughs> some say we can still hear him singing to his day la 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's that's yeah. I can see why you attracted to Mermaid Matthew. Oh yeah, yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so draft one of his script was very different to what it eventually turned into. Uh, the Doctor was going to take Amy on holiday to Devon, like when she was a child, accidentally arriving three hundred years too early. Avery would be raiding a village and searching for his wife, who would be stolen by a siren, and the siren would be trapped in a mine and killed at the end. <laughs> That, so, yeah, is, that, that is uh, significantly <laughs> different than the episode we get. Yeah, I'm, uh, so um, this was when they weren't sure if they could could secure a ship for the episode. So they abandoned this idea entirely when they realised, oh, we can film on an actual boat. And the boat... Uh, so yeah, the boat of this episode is actually a real ship. It's the Phoenix of Del Quay, which was built in 1929 and was docked in Cornwall for this episode, which is it's a very authentic ship. I really like the set. Well, it's not a set, but it's an actual ship, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It uh, falls into classic Doctor Who issues of, I think the cinematography is terrible and yeah. you don't really get to see much of the boat. The stuff you do see is 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 good. It also suffers that it's set at night time, so the boat's dark as hell anyway. Uh, yeah. I think it helps if it. I think some of the cinematography feels a bit uh, claustrophobic, which kind of helps for the episode. I would say. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or or you could do like big wide shots and make it feel uh, isolated, because it's just them alone mm. in the ocean. There's there's two ways of doing it. One way is more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this episode was supposed to be episode 9 of a season but it was eventually moved because Moffat was worried that the first half was too dark uh, so the episode that was, it replaced was Night Terrors which um, if you remember Night Terrors it was an episode with the top of my head. it was the episode with the little boy having nightmares and yes. there was a creepy yes. doll wait yes hang on there's a lot of episodes <laughs> of Doctor Who with, with boys having nightmares is it the one? Is it is it the one with the thing that's under the blankets, or is that a Capaldi episode? I think you're thinking of Listen. Yeah, uh, I re- I remember. Yeah. Is it is it the one with the creepy dolls in the dollhouse? I think so. I think it's that one. Okay, that was a pretty decent episode, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. The other episode I was thinking of, I think, is a Capaldi episode. It could be a Matt Smith late late season Matt Smith, but I think it was Capaldi, where it could be Listen, where there's like. Uh, this lump in the blankets. I'm I'm pretty sure that was in um, uh, little boy Danny Pink's bedroom. Possibly. You remember? We, 
Maybe yes. went back in time and met him as a child for yeah, some reason. I think so. And there was this <laughs> lump in the blankets. And then they were like, what was that lump? And the doctor was like, I don't know, but it's gone. <laughs> it's, it's never explained. Yeah. A bad episode. Yeah. All the Danny Pig stuff <laughs> sucked. <laughs> Do you remember when um, his grandson came in for one episode? He was I like an astronaut or something. And you look, yeah, he looked exactly like Danny Pink and it's never brought up again. And people are like, how does he have a grandson? Because he dies. <laughs> and you're just like, shut up, don't think about it. Yeah, it was a... Yeah, it, Danny Pink was not a good arc. I mean, he got hit by a car. That's the best part of his storyline. Yeah, it literally... It, it was... What a disastrous storyline Danny Pink was. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, it's the last bit of trivia for this episode. It was originally called The Siren, but it was changed to Curse of the Black Spot, which was a reference to Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, which is yeah, a better title, I would think. I like the name Siren better. If a siren is okay, but when you think when you hear it, you're like, Police Sirens? <laughs> when I hear Curse of the Black Spot, I forget the title a second later. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but that's because it's you. It's because it's a boring title. At least the siren, it's like it's punchy. You remember it, but a uh, curse of a black pen ink that burst in your hand. The curse of the title. don't get a cut on your hand, otherwise you're going to get attacked <laughs> by a siren monster. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all our trivia, which is reasonably short for this episode. There's not much to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very fillery episode. Yeah, it's very much slotted in early season. Not going to talk about much of the overarching story. Still teasing stuff. Just a regular quote-unquote adventure with the Doctor. Hell yeah! Let's begin. We have to send this ship back into space. I mean, imagine if the Siren got ashore. She would have to process every injured human. What about Toby? Sorry. Typhoid fever. Once he returns, it's only a matter of time. What if I stay with him? Here. The siren will look after him. I can't go back to England. What home does he have now, if not with me? Do you think you can sell this thing? Just point me to the atom accelerator. <laughs> so we get our cold open for this episode, and it's a bunch of pirates, shocker, uh, coming up to the pirate captain being like, yo, I cut my hand. There's blood everywhere. And we see it's this tiny little scratch on his finger, and they're, you know, they're like, you know, I don't know if he's going to survive this. And, it, you know, comedy, ha ha ha. Uh, which I thought was, it's a pretty fun joke, isn't it? You know? Sure. I, I don't fun. think there's any laughs. It's, it's fun. It's, it's fun, but I don't think there's any like laugh out loud moments. In I had episode. one line that genuinely made me laugh, and I don't remember what it was, but we'll see if it makes me laugh again. Because uh, <laughs> I, I remember there was one line that let that actually made me go, ha! Uh, but, but, yeah, that's yeah. how you laugh. You go, ha! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, ha! ha! <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's got this cut in his finger. The guy's like, yo, you're dead. Bye. Siren's coming for you. Uh, the guy starts to freak out, runs outside. We hear Siren singing, and he gets munched. Uh, we then, the rest of the crew come outside. They hear a bang. And they're like, oh my god, the monster's come back. We've got to go kill it. Uh, which, interesting here, if the back of this, sh on one of the ship things, there's just a pentagram. 
and it never yeah. gets brought up again. And I was like, why is there a pentagram on this ship? I, I presume it's just... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's such a weird... I was like, oh, maybe they're doing like some satanic ritual. Because I didn't remember the plot of this episode because it's so mm. forgettable. Uh, I was like, maybe they're doing some sort of satanic ritual thing. And the ship is cursed or these guys are all secretly satanists or something. But no, the pentagram, which is very visible in a shot. It's red and everything else is brown and it really catches your eye. Uh, plays into nothing. Don't 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 ever think about that. Like why why have it on the ship? I don't understand. Uh, just going off of you saying you don't remember remember this episode. I don't remember this episode either. Apart from I vaguely remembered the twist, which is like yes, one same. thing I didn't need to remember because I I remembered the twist or watching the episode. I was like, oh wait, no, yeah, yeah. I, I remember what happened in this episode. I yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. But if you were to ask me before watching it just recently, what's what happened in the Curse of the Black Spot? I'd be like, what <laughs> what episode's that? Uh, uh, it's it's not a bad cold open though. It's, it's fine. It establishes you know? the plot, doesn't it? Uh, they open up this hatch where the bang is coming from. Matt Smith pops out and he goes yo ho ho. Or do they not actually say that there? Pause for laugh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you were you you were saying earlier this is a very quippy episode, and I just yes. feel like uh, Stephen Moffat on a weekend or just a Saturday night decided, okay, this, this needs to go here. We need more laughs this moment. It, it just reeks of uh, Stephen Moffatisms. It's strange. It feels like for the first f- 15 minutes or so, it's quips left, right, and center, and then they just kind of stop. Yeah, well, that's, that's because um, the Chinese Stephen Moffat ordered came. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but after we pause for that laugh, we then cut into the intro credits, and it is some intro credits that give me heavy nostalgia. I don't know what you think about these intro credits. It's the stormy vortex intro with the thunder and lightning really prominent in the music. Uh, yeah. We, I think we spoke about this almost a year ago when we did the 11th hour, which is insane to think about. Nearly a year of this, but... yeah. Um, it's not my favorite intro. I, I feel way more nostalgia for the Russell T. Davis intro. But same, it, same. It, I enjoy this it, intro, though, a lot. Uh, I think I like Matt Smith's second intro better, though. The one where his face showed up uh, for, yeah, for, for like, four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the second one is definitely better. But, yeah, this intro feels kind of flat to me. I'm not really sure why. It, yeah. Just just the composition of a song in general. I don't feel the oomph of watching Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, maybe so much with the so I think the thunder when the thunder kicks in, that really helps build up the oomph for me. It's also the best logo Doctor Who has had since coming back. Yeah, the logo itself is great, uh, especially the bit in the middle where it's um, the TARDIS. Yes, that is uh, that that's really the best part. Me. Yeah. Do you remember in series seven where it was the same? Um, intro, but it was uh, applied with uh, movie maker filters, and every episode it was like different colors and I different textures for your font. It was terrible. I don't remember that. I don't remember that <laughs> at all. I'll see if I can find an image of it. Yeah, I can't find anything, but yeah, it was <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure we'll cover season seven episodes at some point uh, and see it. It's. I, you know, you were saying before before we started recording that season six for you isn't the best season of Doctor Who. Yeah. I think it's genuinely almost hit for hit. 
Yeah. Give me a second. Six. Doctor Who series. Just sc six. scroll down an iPlayer. That's all there. Uh, but I'm on a different page. <laughs> uh, silly man. Um, the opening two-parter and the possible astronaut Day of the Moon were fantastic. Yep, amazing. Curse of the Black Spot, mediocre. Doctor's Wife, amazing. Rebel Flesh and Almost People. It's a fine two-parter. I think it's too long. <sighs> I think I, it's too I, long. I, I hated this two-parter. Really? I did not like it at all. Oh, I didn't hate it. I remember being like, oh, that was long. Uh, <laughs> Good Man Goes to War. Loved it. Let's Kill Hitler. I know you hate it. I adore it. I thought it was so much fun. Uh, Night Terrors. As I said, spooky doll people. What's not to love? The Girl Who Waited. I think I remember... Gen I think Girl Who Waited was like one of the best episodes yeah. of this season. It mm -hmm. was amazing. Yeah, it's it's the one where um, Amy is left behind on a planet and she turns really really old. It's oh yeah, that is an amazing episode. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and then at, and then at the end we find a younger Amy and we leave the old Amy behind yeah, to die, like, you, which you, is oh yeah, yeah, you're ugly old oh. Amy. Bye. Uh, <laughs> God complex. I adore that episode. That's such a good episode as well. Yeah, I don't remember too much about it. I think I was fine with it at the time. Oh, I, I, I lo I but, loved the, it. the next episode is Closing Time. Which Closing is... Time, which is also, you know, just <laughs> brilliant. Uh, no. <laughs> that's terrible. God, no. Uh, Wedding of River Song, which, you know, really fun. Don't remember much. I remember it being good, though. I remember it being half good. I wouldn't say the season is bad. I think there's worse seasons. I think it's just a mixed bag of a season. There is one, two bad episodes in the season for me. I mean, it, it, it ends with uh, the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe, which was which... one of the worst Christmas specials. Yeah, that was the Snowman one. Uh, <laughs> no, was... you're thinking of the Snowman. Is that, what was the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe? No, that was the Wood uh, People. The Wooden People, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Or was it... Or, yeah. Yeah, not, yeah. A, not a good one. Uh, but Christmas specials are never that great. They're just dumb. Uh, but two, Just like you. Two out of 13. You know, two bad episodes out of 13 for me. That That's 11, 11 out of 13 good episodes. I'm happy, happy with that season. What would I say? I would say one, two, three, four... <laughs> I would say five bad episodes. <laughs> so that's, again, a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah, five, five, for, that's like almost half the season you didn't enjoy. Yeah. I enjoyed, you know, more, but again, more than three it, quarters. I, have, I haven't seen this season in its entirety since 2011, so my opinions could change Yeah, when you completely. were like, like an angsty, what, 13, 14 years old? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was like, I I'm a bit too cool for Doctor Who. Yeah. I only like it when it's dark. See, I was 11, so Moffat was writing for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> But yeah, we're, yeah, we're back, here back to, to talk about Curse back, of Black Spot. Hell yeah. We get a scene inside the Doctor's cabin. Not the Doctor's cabin. The Captain's cabin with the Doctor <laughs> there. Uh, where the Doctor is basically explaining how they got onto the ship. Uh, he, which it's some fun dialogue. It's not great, you know. It's not super funny. It's quippy. The doctor's yeah. there, being like, you know, our sensors picked you up. Oh, or I mean, our ship figured out your ship was in trouble because you don't understand sensors because you're from the past. Ha 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 ha! And then he gets a gun in his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's very Stephen Moffat era writing. It's just yeah, this is this is what Doctor Who should sound like and. 
it, it's not really challenging. It's not really unique. It's just yeah, this is Doctor Who. It's, it re- it's Doctor it's, Who. <laughs> you know, I think it was Marvel dialogue before Marvel dialogue. You know, because mm. right now Thor's in cinema, so we're not in Avengers quipping with Joss Whedon's writing, you know, left and right. I feel like Moffat is doing this before Joss Whedon gets his fingerprints all over the Avengers and makes them quipping, quipping, quippy, quip, 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 mm. quip, quip, quippers. Yeah, well, you, you could say this is certainly some Buffyisms. Yes. Yeah. Oh, jo- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely I've... Whedon-esque. Yeah. Uh, which, which... We don't talk about Joss Whedon anymore. Yucky man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very yucky man. Uh, yeah, and also Buffy's not that great. I know you love it, but it's. it's I, it's I, we great. will do a two watches Buffy <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I've tried watching. I used to watch that show when I was a kid. I've subsequently gone back to try and watch it and can't get through season one. <laughs> as, as your problem, you don't watch season one. Seasons one, season but one. But if is I don't watch shit. season one, I'll be confused as to who For- the characters are and what their motivations are. <laughs> There's only like four episodes of season one that's important. Then you can move on to season two. That's that's my advice. I just or right, take this. I just won't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We cut to Matt Smith having to walk the plank because the captain said, "I don't know who you are. You're ugly. Go walk this plank." Um, Which interesting fun fact about pirates? Never once in history did anybody have to walk a plank. It is a thing entirely derived from fiction, which I feel like is kind of a missed opportunity on the real life pirates part. Yeah, you know, I think in this, I think it would be funny in this episode if the doctor's like, "Oh, what are you going to make me do? Walk the plank?" And then the pirates are like, "Walk? What are you talking about? We don't do anything like that." Yeah. But do you know what the planks were actually used for? Because I've heard of this, but I'm not sure what the planks were actually there for. Keeping the boat together? I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know what they were actually mm. for. All I know is walking the plank, not a real thing. Maybe it's a diving board. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so we then end up watching a panto show uh, as Matt Smith is... Uh, on the the plank and he's like oh everybody's laughing at me i guess it's in the job description you know can you laugh you know oh welcome to, have you got a hat you're a pirate now uh and everybody gives him a big round of applause and cheers uh and you know they start saying some more more gibberish to the doctor they, they're like you know uh we don't have enough room for three extra bodies so you know the two guys can die we're going to send the girl below decks uh Amy calls for Rory to help, and Rory tells the pirates off for being sexist, uh, which was a Roryism I really enjoyed. <laughs> he doesn't try to. He's like, "Oh, stop, stop saying that." Uh, <laughs> That's what I liked about Rory. He was always in the background, just contributing slightly <laughs> to it. To the a tertiary, a tertiary companion. You know, he was a, a companion because Amy was a companion. <laughs> Still did more than Yaz. Yeah, yeah. I loved Rory so I loved Rory. Uh, I loved his dad a lot more. His dad was brilliant. But uh, they shove uh, Amy down the, the hatchway and uh, they tell Matt Smith that he has to, you know, jump off and die. Uh, and he's like, hey, how come there's only five of you guys, you know? Uh it seems like the crew's really missing uh, at this point. I guess that they're all hiding. Uh, he also, as he's about to jump, suddenly has command over the pirates. 
where he's like, okay, yeah. come on, more laughter, boys. Uh, and they all start laughing, which to me was like, oh, this is like a stage show. This is like pantomime. You know, the, the audience is sitting at home laughing. Uh, yeah, ex- exactly my fault. It's, it's, it, and it's not particularly funny either. It's, it, I think the tone of this episode is kind of all over the place. This scene is clearly for comedy, but at the same time, it's like dark and moody, dramatic. And it's just like... Yeah, are you trying to be funny right now? Because it feels like it's supposed to be in a dramatic film, and that plays into another thing that I'm not liking about this episode. And normally, I'm not the one that complains about this. Normally, you're the one that complains about this. <laughs> I think Murray Gold's soundtrack here is obnoxious, and it is just <laughs> covered in every scene. Okay, to be honest, I was listening to this and I'm thinking. Murray Murray Gold soundtrack is decent. This actually, <laughs> We've <so> completely. We... <laughs> <laughs> I like the swashbuckling themes. I think yeah. it's overused though. It's literally it's like every scene is just wallpapered across, uh, and it's really distracting to me. <laughs> Uh, my thing is, at least it's not the same song we've heard in other episodes. It doesn't feel like it's. Yeah, overused I, because it's just solely in this episode. The soundtrack is. I just think this this soundtrack's used too much in places where it shouldn't be used. It's just put in the background to have noise. That's fair. Yeah, which to me, you know, leads into not having confidence in one the performances, two the writing, and three the actual you know sound design of the episode. Uh, oh yeah, and we also could talk about um, the actual uh, sh- shots here because it, it the shots are all feel kind of wrong it feels like there's too many wide shots not enough it just it just doesn't land it's any just, of it yeah this is what i was saying about it feeling cheap like it's shot weirdly uh yeah it, it's it's i think it, it plays into the, the, maybe the lighting because they're just mm. kind of they're just kind of in a vast emptiness because they're in the middle of the ocean but there's just light all around them you mm-hmm. know it's it's it feels artificial inherently yeah uh, but anyway, they shove Amy down into this underground bit where they keep all the swords and a pirate costume. Perfect. I wonder what she's going to use those for. Uh, and then she comes out and she's like, I'm going to murder you all. Uh, <laughs> which, Basically, yeah. Yeah, which there was a fun exchange where the captain's like, you know, put that sword back or you're going to kill us. And Amy's like, yep, that's the reason I'm holding the sword. Uh <laughs> Uh, you know, then we get into our swashbuckling for this episode, basically, where Amy is suddenly a master swords fighter and starts fighting all the pirates at the same time. She's swinging on ropes, the blades are going, and then she cuts a pirate at the guy, like, across the hand, and the guy goes, you've killed me. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, we understand the the overarching threat and what he's going for is just a very funny idea that, uh, you know, one cut in the hand, it's like, oh, I'm done. You've won this fight. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, Siri, uh, seeing Karen Gillen dressed up as a pirate reminds me, and um, remember that rumor she was going to replace Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean? Nope. I would have loved that, because I, I don't like Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't like Johnny Depp, and I would have oh. watched pirates of the caribbean with karen gillen i would have loved that i think pirates of the caribbean is fun i think johnny depp is great i think uh his johnny is uh his uh captain jack ness is overused definitely yeah. and at a certain point in the sequels it feels like he's not playing a character so much as a caricature 
of mm. his character, but they're fun films, fun swashbuckling adventures, you know? I only saw the first one and I thought it was okay. I've also played Kingdom Hearts, which uh, uh, Second Kingdom Hearts and Third Kingdom Hearts have pirated uh, carbine levels. Y- y- Ewan's, y- our, our friend of the show, Ewan's ears just perked up in the mention of Kingdom <laughs> Hearts. That nerd's playing through all of them. I think he's I, I, Kingdom Hearts 3 now. You, you know, yesterday they announced Kingdom Hearts 4. I did, yeah. about to come out. I watched the gameplay and went, wow, there's no Disney characters in this. This looks boring. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, today I just started replaying Kingdom Hearts, the first one, and I went to 100% oh. it, get all the trophies. God, I know too many losers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom Hearts has just, it doesn't appeal to me in any way. I'm not a fan of Final Fantasy. I'm not a fan of that style of JRPG, and I couldn't give two craps about Disney characters. Uh, you know, K- Kingdom Hearts has some terrible writing, and yeah. that's what makes it so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love the bad writing. But uh, there's a rumor that there's going to be a Star Wars world in Kingdom Hearts Four, yeah. so it might be I have to go and play all the. King- I'm not going to do it though. I just, I simply <laughs> don't. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, because um, the trailer footage showed some uh, footage of inside a forest, and there's apparently a robot leg in it, and it's everybody's like, "Oh my god, it's Star Wars! It's it's Endor! It's gonna see we're gonna see the um, Ewoks. I was going to call them Wookies. Oops. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> fake fan uh yeah i i don't care about kingdom hearts i know ewan likes it i know now you like it uh whatever go start a kingdom hearts podcast <laughs> <laughs> we shall <laughs> so uh our characters uh, or our characters the characters the doctor amy and rory get it explained to them that the black spot appears if you get even a slightest wound and the siren is coming to get you uh which you know they then tackle amy from where she is and she flings the sword and rory tries to catch it for some reason and it cuts his hand uh and now oh no he's gonna die and the doctor couldn't care less he starts making jokes to yeah. the Rory being like, yeah, it's good you're about to die, lol. Uh, like... yeah, but, and that, that kind of brings in one of my biggest issues with this episode there. It doesn't feel like there's, there's any no kind stakes. of agency. There's, yeah, there's, there's no, no stakes. stakes. Yeah. It's like you're literally, characters are dying and the Doctor and Amy and Rory are there being like, woohoo! Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and also this goes back to the idea of the episode. It's, it's supposed to be an episode where the Doctor, the Doctor and his companions can just lay back and have fun, but also... Maybe Rory's going to die, which which doesn't really fit in with the tone of the episode. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird one for sure. Uh, but the siren then does appear as uh, Rory's black spot appears as well, and we get some fun of acting from Rory and some fun dialogue where he's <laughs> like drunk, basically, you know. He's like, oh, Amy, you're so pretty. You should dress like a pirate. Ha 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 ha. I'm going to grow a beard. Uh, which the only thing that I would have wanted from this little dialogue is in four or five episodes time, Rory just has a beard and he doesn't He doesn't know why he wanted to grow it. He just, he decided, like, I think I should grow a beard. <laughs> like, well... Rory does have a beard in the next episode. Do you remember at does one point really? where we're, we're in the TARDIS and Rory's an old man all of a sudden. He's an old man with a big beard. Ah, okay, okay. Well, I'm going to headcanon <laughs> that at a certain age he grows a big beard because he remembered this pirate and he was like, yeah, no, I did want a beard. Uh, 
But yeah, it, it's it's fun, I guess. It's more fun for the actors, you can yeah, tell, yeah. than us. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It would be a fun... A fun. He's doing a fun performance that would have a lot of fun energy to be around. Just on, again, with the way that this episode is shot, it's, like, fine. Yeah. And it, we're, we're I think we're supposed to be laughing out loud at this, but the lighting is just, like, moody and dramatic, and it's still... It just doesn't really fit. None of it fits. Yeah, it's such a weird mishmash of an episode, isn't it? Uh, yeah. We then get some special effects where <laughs> the uh, <laughs> siren comes out of the water and lands on the boat. I, I, I feel like I recognize this siren lady's face, but I couldn't tell you what from. Her name is Lily Cole, and she's a model, and she's sometimes an actress. I think she's in the St. Trinian's movie, which also has David Tennant and Jodie Whittaker. Uh, yeah, maybe she just looks like another actor who I've seen. She's got, you know, big eyes. Uh, but I f- you, you might be, with, with a description of big eyes, I think you might be thinking of Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor, hang on. She has big eyes. Uh, yeah, she does look like her. Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, the... from um, Last Night in Soho, which also had Matt Smith. Yeah. So yeah, we're going around full circle. A hundred percent. Yeah, she does have big eyes. Um, but the siren comes out and lands on the boat, and she does the one two of two things that she does in this episode. Stand there, and then stand <laughs> there some more, but red. Uh, because she <laughs> she she calls over uh, the first pirate and he gets zapped and then calls over Rory and for some reason Rory doesn't go over as fast and people actually yeah. stop him. A thing that is about to come up in this next scene as well. When the pirates have to die, nobody stops them. But when Rory has to die, oh, okay, we'll pull you back, Rory, uh, and stop you dying. We'll let these pirates die, though. Yeah, everybody stands around as the first guy touches her and it's like, yeah... We as an audience don't know what's going to happen. Yes, we when. do. We watched it. Ha- well, we watched the guy die already. Okay, we didn't, we didn't okay. see him vanish. I guess. Okay, we didn't see him vanish, but still, we as an audience haven't seen it. The effect of like with particle dust or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we didn't see the after effects. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the pirates should have been stopping that. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, keep, yeah. keep the man inside the cabin locked. Although up, I get, whatever. I guess at this point the pirates are just willing to accept death. You know, they locked yeah. that last guy out. Uh. <laughs> So I guess that would be the headcanon. Why the Doctor Maybe. doesn't step in, don't know. Uh, but also, also there's a point, uh, you know, where Amy is trying to hold back Rory. Rory, he, she pull, uh, she pushes Rory aside, and then the siren blows Amy back a couple of feet, and then yeah, the Doctor doesn't care about Rory. She, he instead goes to the aid of Amy, and it's like, what the fuck? Rory is just moving inching closer and closer to a siren yeah but then he pulls He's rory away anyway like no big deal because rory's really taking his time to die <laughs> uh also i think it's really strange i think they try to explain it uh spoilers for later in this episode but the siren is basically like a medical android helping people and the reason that she was like pushing people away is because she didn't want them to harm the patient anymore uh that sounds counterreductive to me because if you're harming somebody you're just going to hurt them and then also have to look after them like yeah like, and, and why, would, make... why would you program the doctor the the like ai doctor to look like a demon when it's trying to scare you away like yeah, there, there's just a lot of logic jumps you have to make for the the twist to make sense yeah yeah uh, like amy could have had a concussion there yeah <laughs> like, yeah or broken her neck 
Yeah, it's slippy hardwood, you know? Anything could have happened. They're landed on a sword that's been thrown around the ship. <laughs> <laughs> but they pull Rory away and they all go under the deck and the siren just kind of stands there like, oh, oh. Well. <laughs> uh, so everybody goes under uh, the into the wee cabin bit where there's quite a bit of water and they're standing around and they're like did, did you say your TARDIS is a ship doctor and he's like yeah but not like a boat ship but like a ship yeah, uh, yeah. The, the TARDIS we never see on the ship <laughs> just off we get camera one shot. we get one shot of it at the very start before the captain's cabin uh, they're, they're like epic music plays it's like dur, dur, as you're looking at, and then we don't see it again until later on but uh, yeah so they're like you know well we're going to take us to the ship uh, to your TARDIS and the doctor I don't remember what he says but he gets a gun in his face and then we get a wee paragraph from Matt Smith that I hate and mm. I hate one the dialogue and two, Matt's the performance here, which I think plays into just the dialogue being bad and Matt Smith doing his best to save it. Uh, where the, it's a dialogue that, for some reason, is one of the first gifts you find if you search up this episode in the We Gift tab on Facebook. Where Matt Smith is like, "Oh, you're big on guns, compensating. Have you ever? Yo, Fr Freud would say you're compensating. Have you ever met Freud? No. Oh, comfy sofa. Uh, it it's like the the most." like stupid set like it's just a sentence because yo time travel mention famous person d doctor ha 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 everybody have a laugh at the weird funny spaceman uh you know yeah matt smith is one of those doctors where he always mentions somebody famous he knows it, it gets really old for a while but i i can't I don't mind his performance here because at the end he's like, oh, comfy sofa. That's the bit I hate. <laughs> I, I don't mind it because it, it kind of gives me off the impression that the doctor's really tired. He just wanted to go on holiday and he thought a pirate ship would be a good holiday destination. But I guess I don't get that vibe from it. For me, the vibe I got, again, was stage performance. Like, this is mm. uh, like panto, you know, like... You know, oh, did you ever meet Freud? Oh, comfy sofa. You know, oh, it's the way that he slugs his head back like that. Uh, yeah. I think the actors kind of come across as really tired in this episode because this yeah. is one of the final episodes of series six, the actors shot. This is what I was and saying about it feels like everybody's really forcing, uh, yeah. you know, it feels like Matt Smith's trying too hard to be the doctor. Uh and plus, obviously, this is a lot of late night shoots. This is like four o'clock in the morning, so yeah. of course he's going to be exhausted. Yeah, so, that, so it's not bad still. Matt Smith is still a brilliant yeah. doctor. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I love him as the doctor. It's just I don't think this is his strongest episode. This is an episode I show to be like, look, this will convince you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't think either of us remembered it was an episode until like, <laughs> yeah. they announced the sea devils were coming out and we were like, oh, we need to do a pirate episode. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, there's a Matt Smith pirate episode. <laughs> Followed by, there's a Matt Smith pirate episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, a guy, one of the pirates, uh, goes, ouch, and they're like, what? And he's like, oh, a leech bit me, and everybody jumps out of the water as he pulls the leech off, and then he goes, I'm bleeding. And the doctor has a fun line here where he's like, no, don't worry, we're safe. There's no way that siren can get through three solid inches of timber, <laughs> which was uh, just a, a really line that I enjoyed. As then, of course, the siren appears. Why it didn't just appear anyway, because it's chasing Rory, I don't know. Why did it have to wait for somebody else to start bleeding? 
Uh, yeah, you note you notice when it appears in a new destination, it doesn't fucking move. Yeah, Ex- except when it, it when it has to stand there, it moves out of the water. It shoots out of water and stands there stands on the ship, and then calls them over. Yeah, yeah. But like you, you can move, lady. Do some. You can do do some exercise. <laughs> yeah, but why, why exercise when you can just tell them to come to you? You know. Again, that's that's part of it. I don't feel intimidated by her because she doesn't yeah. fucking move. You can yeah. just pull the person back, but nobody ever does that because everybody dies. Yeah, uh, the pirate starts going over, and uh, people do try to hold him back, which I missed the first time. It's just they don't try very hard. They kind of yeah. go, "Oh, stop! No, stop!" And then when he gets out of their grasp, they just don't take the extra step forward to grab him. Yeah. They just let him walk into the lady and die. Like he's a big guy. I feel, I feel like in a script, it would be make in a direction it would make more sense if he was like, just struggling to force his back. way off. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but you know, they run away uh, after yeah. the guy dies, and the the sirens are like, oh, okay." Like, <laughs> uh, and then at the end of the scene, we're like, "Oh yeah, shit! Rory is in a scene as well. We have we have to write, but he's trying yeah. to get get over to her." <laughs> Yeah, and the doctor pulls him away, no bother. Uh, we then get the scene where they've run through into the next room, and the doctor establishes that the siren can teleport through any pools of water, and they need to get to somewhere dry, in which Amy goes, oh, thank goodness we're not in the middle of the ocean. Phew. Ha ha ha. It was a pretty fun line. Uh, <laughs> they start chatting a bit more. Rory has a great line where he goes, uh, did you see your eyes? They were like silver lakes or something. like." He says, you know, deep silver, whatever. Uh, in which Karen which, Gillen, which I which I guess implies that the siren is still in the other room. Yeah, just just standing there, just there, just, yeah. just tea posing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which Amy uh, Karen Gillan has this great line where she's like, "No, stop it! You're already in enough trouble." But she kind of laughs over the line "trouble," and to me, it yeah. feels like it was a bit of a, like a, a blooper where, where just Rory's dumb line actually made her laugh, but they kept it in because it was you know a fun line read. Just a, a a fun bit of levity uh, in a episode that's trying way too hard to have levity. <laughs> also, we we talk a lot about uh, the overuse of a sonic screwdriver. The Doctor uses a sonic screwdriver on the hat he's wearing, and he's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it, it it comes through water. Why why does he need to use a sonic screwdriver to make that?" Well, maybe maybe he's just using the sonic screwdriver to make sure the hat's a hat you know and not some <laughs> some sort of alien sword uh and maybe he already figured it out you don't know why he's using the sonic screwdriver he's just using it uh yeah it, it's been five minutes since he hasn't used the sonic screwdriver <laughs> he needs to pull it out now yeah uh it's an expensive prop you know they gotta get they, they gotta pay off somehow uh but they're like okay let's just move into this other room you know we're just moving through rooms of the ship at this point uh and there's, you know, the captain is like, hey, no, we'll move through when I say we're going to move through. And Matt Smith's like, oh, you're worried because I'm wearing a hat now because I'm I'm being like a captain. Ha ha ha. Uh, which it was suddenly a, a, like a snap for me. And this must have been shot on a different day because suddenly Matt Smith's the doctor again. Uh, and mm. the way that he says that line to me is like, oh, yeah, no, that's your doctor. You're not trying too hard. You're back to being the doctor. Uh, it's just this, these little changes in performances uh throughout the scenes which there just must have been an off day maybe he was sick yeah. when they were shooting it you know there's a lot of water around i'm sure it was freezing yeah yeah i presume so as well but yeah um that line in general is just yeah to me like it's 
I don't think Stephen. Oh Moffat's yeah, no, the line lines, isn't great. It's yeah. the it's Matt Smith's performance off the line. It's, mm. it's it's the way he's holding it himself, the way that he reads the line. Uh, you know, it just the the it's his entire body language to me reads. Oh, suddenly you're back to being Matt Smith's doctor, not mm, comfy sofa. You know that that to me yeah. isn't Matt Smith's doctor. Also, it could just be the editor chose a bad take for that previous oh, line. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Could, Matt, could Matt, be. Matt, Matt Smith might have given like 20 amazing reads of that line. The, the, director, the editor just chose one bad one. Yeah, absolutely. Could be possible. But I don't know that. All I know is it's a bad line read, so I'm going to blame Matt Smith. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know... Um, or, you know, maybe in his excellent performances, they couldn't use it because the sound guy had the mic pointing the wrong way or the, mm. the gaffer had the lights off. I'm not going to blame those people because I wasn't there. Uh, you know? yeah. <laughs> turns turns out making television is hard. Yeah, There's so many thought. things you'd to consider. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially on this budget in this time frame. Dear God, I don't envy anyone. I do. I would love to have this job. Uh, but, <laughs> but the... Uh, you know, they, they're they like, let's go to the gun room. They walk through over to the thing and they're like, oh, who's got the key for it? Oh, it's missing. And Matt Smith opens the door and he's like, somebody's been here before. Dun, dun, dun. And they walk into room number three. Yeah. That, that line was read like um, Goldilocks. Somebody's been sleeping in my bed. You know, <laughs> it's the same line. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been sleeping in my gun room. Yeah. Uh. Inside the gun room, they find a wee child hiding in a barrel a barrel of gunpowder, uh, which is the captain's son. He had snuck aboard when the mother died. He had found out that the uh, son, uh, the mother told the son that his dad was this great big Navy captain and he had run off to go join the crew. You know, classic stowaway boy story for a pirate ship thing. Uh, yeah, hi- you know. hi- hi- him in that barrel is literally a reference to Treasure Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 you know you you've seen it before and this is no real not really any different. Uh, we find out he's got a black spot on his hands, but he doesn't have any scars, and that's because he's got like a typhoid or some coughing disease. Uh, but yeah, he's, uh, di- he's he's dying of coughs. That's yeah, what he's dying yeah. of. <laughs> he's, a, he's a coffee boy. Uh, but there's the <laughs> only thing that I like. I want you to focus on uh-huh. moving forward, because we are now 13 minutes into this episode. Try and find uh-huh. a scene where the soundtrack just isn't constantly on. Be- That's fair, yeah. Because so far we're 13 minutes in and it's not stopped. <laughs> like, yeah. It is. It's, I think that's just classic um, Murray Gold, I would say. <laughs> I I've never noticed it as hard as I am noticing in this episode, though. I mm. just I'm, I I'm focusing on it so much because it is just constant. There's never a moment to just breathe and let the perform like the perf- the scene with the son and the father talking because the father's got this great gravelly voice you know it's this really deep like you know when did your mother die what happened sort of thing and that scene with just silence just the sound of the ship creaking in the ocean you know that would be way more impactful but instead we've got violins going we've got you know all these yeah. instruments this huge orchestral sound uh it's like uh, it takes away from it that's that's fair yeah um yeah, this episode isn't great in total. But we've <laughs> we've somehow spoken about this for an hour so far. I, I and we're only thirteen minutes in. Yeah, insane. Yeah, there's a lot to pick apart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so we, we we then get a scene where they're discussing, you know, the boy didn't get cut, how's he this? Uh, the only real thing that you figure out there is she's coming, she sticks her, you get like a jump scare where her hand comes out from the water. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and as as Scott pointed out as we were watching it, of course it's the one scene where there's not music <laughs> playing. Right after I point out, you know, there's music in every scene, we then get like a solid minute and a half of no music. I'm like, God damn it. But it, it, it comes back. Don't worry, it comes back. Like... <laughs> The music in this scene, at least, is used for a jump scare. It kind of yeah. it doesn't it doesn't startle me because uh, I see no. it coming. Yeah, it's because like, oh, it's, yeah. it's not a scary jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a scene, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we then get a really weird scene, I think, where the doctor's back to not being the doctor. When <laughs> you know they're they're discussing going out and searching for plans and. They're, you know, he's kind of having a jokey, jokey, jokey with Amy, and Amy's like, oh, careful not to scratch yourself too hard, you're going to get cut. And the doctor's like, yeah, we've all got to go sometime, though. And then they both just look at Rory, and he's like, what? what? <laughs> you know, like, they're just like, yeah, Rory's going to die, who cares? Uh, like... Okay, I thought it was because, um, I thought it was only Amy and Rory looking at each other, being like, okay, we the saw do- the doctor get shot two weeks ago. Okay, yeah, it could, yeah. It could, it could be it's, the... It's, the Impossible it's astronaut tiny, thing. Yeah, we all it's have tiny to go into that arc. It, it's, t- it's just the fact that the doctor walks right up to Rory then is like, you know, hey, you know, making out with a mermaid's not not such a bad way to go. Ha 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 ha. Uh, which isn't the doctor. Like, no, I think we, well, the actual line is uh, there's worse ways to go than be, being snogged by yeah, a mermaid, which is, yeah. I, I, pre- I think, a, pre- um, a reference to Amy being kind of like catty in this episode <laughs> I, I, kind guess, of. I guess it, it to me it does it feels like not a, a good line of, yeah you know not a, a line matt smith's doctor you know the yeah. doctor that doesn't like kissing as is, is gonna say mm-hmm. uh but, that's, that's fair but yeah yeah i totally forgot about the impossible astronaut whole thing until they do that big flashback at the end uh i forgot that this was this arc but i forgot it again just now in that scene and that makes <laughs> sense they're they're acting yeah. Uh, but the doctor then goes out with the captain to go to the TARDIS. Uh, the captain leads the way, and we get a really awkward set of blocking where he almost falls mm. on a nail, but like you're not sure what's happening because we just cut to a close-up of his hand, and it looks like he's about to grab the nail, and then we cut yeah. to see that he's tripped. I was like, whoa, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it cuts to the nail, and the nail doesn't look that sharp in the first place. It it's looks like, like yeah, it, it it looks like it's the other, like, not the pointy bit. It looks like it's the flathead bit that you have yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it, yeah, we don't get enough time to like if if we saw that nail and maybe his hand go approach above it, we'd be like, oh no, he's gonna fall on the nail or something. Yeah, but yeah, there's no anticipation there. Um, a scene I would compare this to is from the Quiet Place. You know that scene where the mother's walking down the stairs and there's a loose nail and she yes yes um, yeah yes I think she steps on it. It's yeah, that's a, a great brilliant scene. brilliant bit of tension building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be fair, fair, Quiet Place definitely had a lot more time to block out that scene and get the shots needed. Certainly. This is done in two shots, you know? (laughs) Here it's just like, oh yeah, by the way, there's a nail here. Yeah, so there, glad I didn't cut, cut myself on it. It's, it's also I would have had the shots in the other order. I would have shown him yeah. falling down, having the doctor catch him, then cut to the close up where his hand's almost on the nail, and him going, "Whoa, that was close!" Rather than hand going on the nail and then cutting to the doctor holding him, because that that's the reverse order of the mm-hmm. events, you know. <laughs> uh, but then they walk into the TARDIS suddenly. We don't 
get to see it on the boat as you said before we've seen it once and nobody's near it uh and and now they're just cut to their inside it yeah and the doctor does the whole bigger on the inside spiel uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a tardis it's a good looking tardis it's you know? it's, it's such a good tardis i love this tardis it's so good yeah but like it, it doesn't feel like the TARDIS is part of this episode, even though it is obviously in this episode. It just feels like well, it's they get rid of it in like two seconds, you know, because they had to, they were like, how do we explain them not just flying away? Because this is a problem you could just fly away from. Yeah, but you know what? It's every Doctor Who episode yeah. they could always fly away from stuff, but they never do. It's always a conundrum in Doctor Who, which leads into like there's a line coming up where the Doctor's like, "Oh my God, the TARDIS has been zapped away. That's never happened." And I was like, "Shut up." That happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, like in um, Voyage of a Damned, we watched a fucking TARDIS fly out in space and crash on Earth. Like, literally in almost every episode, Doctor, your TARDIS gets taken from you. What are you talking about? <laughs> so we then start cutting between two scenes, between the boy, Amy Roy, and a couple of pirates, and the Doctor and the Captain on the TARDIS. So we'll talk about the boy scenes first, because they're the worst. Uh, <laughs> where <laughs> there's two pirates, one with very evil eyebrows, who are deciding, you know what, we're, screw this, we're just going to up and go. Uh, and the boy's like, oi, you can't leave, my dad's in charge. And the guy's like, shut up, we're pirates. And he goes, no, no, shut up, you're you're lying to me. Uh, and yeah, then, like, little boy, little boy, you just met your father like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. All you've heard is stories about him, it's a bit... Yeah, but uh, then, and did he not see the pirate flag when he stuck on the ship? Yeah. And, and, uh, but then the guy's like, haha, shut up, we're leaving. And then the boy pulls out a sword and he's like, you're not leaving. And the guy's like, you don't know how to use that sword. And he goes, I don't have to. And he cuts the guy's hand, effectively killing him. Because obviously the siren's going to take him. And, you know, we find out later on it's not actually killing him. So the boy's not technically a murderer. But from the boy's perspective, he's 100% trying to murder this man. And he's just done that. And everybody around him, Amy and Rory, just watch. And they're like, cool, no bother. Good choice. You made the right choice there, boy. You're the hero right now. Also, is fucking making this situation worse because every time <laughs> you know, somebody the gets cut, to get them, yeah, yeah, the boy's like, already got a black spot on him. Like, yeah, like he's he's gonna kill him. So it's it's so fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and also Amy and Rory don't do anything. They just stand the there. They just stand there and don't say anything. You know, they <laughs> they are just meat bags in this scene. Uh, but the other pirate runs out, and then those guys are like, "Oh no." The siren's coming to get us. Who saw that coming? Uh, and that's basically the just the the gist of their scenes. Uh, the captain and the doctor scenes a bit more fun. Uh, mm. You know they're they're going about the TARDIS trying to get it to work. The captain figures out most of the controls because he's like you know the basic ship stuff is does what a ship does, doesn't it? Uh, even if they're a bit more like this is the atom whatever Jamaica, and the guy's like ah steering wheel, yeah. <laughs> which I I I enjoyed that. Uh, I th- then obviously the TARDIS starts going wrong. It doesn't start flying. The, there's some fun exchanges between the Doctor and the Captain, where the Captain makes a smug look and the Doctor says some banter. And uh, you know, then things start to go really wrong. Sirens, not sirens, start going off, but explosions kind of start happening. Machines start crackling. You know, another bird that accidentally rhymes goes here. Uh, and <laughs> there's you know this the, a, a fun line, one actual line in this scene that made me go. Huh. Uh, where you know the doctor's like, oh, maybe we should try singing to it, 
And the captain goes, do you think that'll work? And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's never worked before. Meaning he has sung to the TARDIS before trying to get it to, to, to work better. Which which, which I kind of buy, you know? Yeah, I 100% buy that. Yeah. It's especially the next episode where he wants to fuck the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, the next episode's genuinely one of the best episodes of Doctor Who, though. It's so good. But... but uh- I don't feel any connection to any of his TARDIS stuff. It's like, why yeah. is... It feels like the TARDIS should have gone the moment they landed on the ship, you know? Because mm-hmm. yeah. right now, it's like, why didn't the Doctor get everyone on board the TARDIS? That would make so much more sense. And why didn't the Doctor yeah. just stay on the TARDIS? Because then he could go to where it's been taken. Yeah, it should have cause... been... It should have been they got off the TARDIS and then it locks and flies away. But to be fair, that has happened... So many times. Yeah, yeah, but at least then it would make more sense for everyone in the middle of an episode where it's like, oh yeah, we can't use the TARDIS anymore. We just spent two minutes trying to work it, but we can't use yeah. it now. Yeah, and that actually that plays into the next point I was going to bring up. We are now halfway through this episode. Is this not just the slowest paced episode ever? My God, nothing has happened and it's taken yeah. forever. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, it just it doesn't feel intimidating or anything like that. It feels like there's no stakes at all. Yeah, it just it's it's just just going it's along. Just, it's just... the collection of scenes back to back yeah. that do technically tell a story. And <laughs> uh, and and I don't even feel any connection between uh, the dad and his son. That's not a storyline I particularly care about. It's just all meh. It's 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 fine. It's fine. It's it's we're doing our best, but it's just it's just nothing. So, the doctor and the captain get, uh, I guess, interrupted by the one pirate that actually managed to get away from the two pirates that got attacked by the little boy, and he's basically like, "Yo, I'm not injured." By uh, the doctor and the captain give chase because he's got the supplies and he's also got the treasure. Uh, he runs into a room and lights a fire and burns his finger, and then gets zapped away by the siren immediately. It's you know we talk. They have a wee gunfight, which yeah, it lasts like two seconds, you know. And the doctor's got the great advice of don't get injured, and he repeats it twice, you know, in case we weren't aware of the stakes. Uh, I will say there's a pretty good shot of the door as the guy is getting taken yeah. away by the siren. It's, it reminds me of Close Encounters of Third Kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a fun shot. Uh, he gets taken away, they go inside, and they're like, wait, how did the siren get in here? There's no water. Because if we remember, the theory that they've got running is that the siren can move through basically any water, as that's what she's done so far. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, she doesn't move through water, she moves through reflection, because she only came through the water when it was perfectly still. Uh, which I guess is fine. It's, you know, it's a reason. It, it takes a while for the doctor to explain that. He he looks mm-hmm. at the crown and he's like, but a minute passes before he's like, oh yeah, it passes through reflection instead. There's a lot of, there's a lot of shots of people looking at their own reflection. Yeah. It, 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 I, like, move the pace a little bit. We understand what's going on. It's reflection. We don't need to have the doctor explain it. You know what I mean? No, how does it work? uh but they're like oh yeah she comes through reflection she could come through like any reflection really wait where's my medal that i have of a siren for some reason oh my my young boy's got it and he's polishing it for some reason uh 
and uh, so they they go running all the way back to the wee lad, and the doctor takes it off him, and then he, he breathes on it to stop the polish, which sure an effective way. Why don't you just lick it? That'll do it as well. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, again, I don't feel any tension in the scene when they're running around trying to get to the boy. It's like. I just don't feel any tension at all. It's very strange. I can't explain it why. Just nothing to me. Yeah, and what's interesting now is we're at the halfway point, and, you know, not a lot is happening story-wise, but we've yeah. got, like, three scenes left until the end of the episode. Like, the story wraps up suddenly really quickly, uh, which I think is an interesting choice to make it, it really just it, there's not much going on in this episode in general yeah it does feel like the first half is just empty and the last half is like oh yeah here's more exposition yeah. about what's actually happening the, fir the first half is just look, look we wanted to have some fun on the pirate boat and then the second half is like and here's sci-fi uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh the Next scene's really long, so I'm going to talk about this brief scene first. Uh, so, the Doctor and the Captain then go back to destroying all of the treasure once they've, you know, smudged up the medallion. Uh, and there's this, that's where the one line that made me laugh that I mentioned earlier is, when the Captain's like, stop, this is the, like, Mogul of India's or whatever, and the Doctor's like, good, I thought it could have been yours for a moment. Uh, it's just a very fun line, and, you know, they then proceed to throw out a bunch of stuff, they smash up all the windows and the glass and the mirrors, uh, and, you know, and then the captain looks at the crown and he's like, ooh, greed. Uh, it's, fi it's fine, you know, you need it in for the plot, obviously, at least that one good line. It is just a series of events still happening in this episode. In my opinion, um, destroying all the reflective surfaces doesn't make any sense because then there's like, you're creating like, if you smash a window, you're creating 15 reflective surfaces instead. I, I, I the guess. The glass is still going to reflect. You know, smash the window, sweep up the glass, and throw it out into the ocean. You know, uh, you got you've got to do all these steps. But just saying, smash it is is a simpler yeah. way uh, than you know, smash everything or lick every lick every window. We've got to smudge them up. <laughs> <laughs> we then get a you know a, a relatively nice quiet scene with the captain and his son again. I still don't care about the son, but yeah, uh, you know. That's my problem. I don't care about any of these characters, so it's just like, oh yeah, it's it's nice enough. At least we're trying to give them character development. Yes, yeah. more than what the Chibnall era would do. Yeah, uh, but the the son's basically asking the captain, like, well, you know, why did you turn a pirate? Why did you do all this? Why are you now this bad guy? And the captain's like, shut up, and he walks away. Uh, it's a bit more delicate than that, but that's basically what happens. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Amy is sleeping. And we hear a voice, you know, talking calmly and being like, oh, come, it's any minute now. And we then see the eye patch lady uh, in the planks of the wood. And then she closes the door like she was looking in through the hatch. And you're like, oh, what's that got to do with the episode? It's got nothing. It's setting up for the big season finale with Amy. Uh, yeah, the big mid-season finale. Yeah, yeah, the big story arc uh, for, for this, this series. And it was brilliant. I loved the payoff this had so much. Oh yeah, 100%. And also, if you notice, Amy is still wearing the same clothes she wore in the first episode of the season. That's because she's a double ganger, like a clone. So mm. that's a nice little bit of hint I'd never noticed when I first watched this. That is, that is a lovely little 
a lovely little thing. It's uh, interesting that neither the Doctor nor Rory notice that she's wearing the same clothes all the time. But I, I, think, <laughs> I, I, th I think Rory is also wearing the same clothes from a, a Texas adventure. So I'd have to I go back know. and watch it to find out. But uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed the pacing of that story arc with Amy. I thought the mystery each week really played into what's going on. And then that payoff was just absolutely... It's one of my favorite stories. I love that story arc so much. And I think um, this season being, if you remember, it was split up over the summer, so it was seven episodes in the spring, and then more episodes in the fall. I think it really worked, but... The what? They did... Sorry, the autumn, I knew you were going to catch me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think having a mid-season sometimes works better than an overall season. Like, you can, you can conclude story arcs seven episodes in rather than leading the whole... Um, story arc for the end like the whole hybrid story arc got tiring because every episode Peter Capaldi was like oh yeah you're a hybrid aren't you yeah uh, see I like I like mid-seasons because it, well, it means you can get two story arcs in one season doesn't it because you can cover one and then cover the other in the second season uh, it can be touch and go for me though because you could end up with like Matt Smith's last season which is really weird and the yeah. release schedule for Matt Smith's last season I remember just being mental uh, you oh, yeah. know, and it can get really complicated and strange when it, you know, when just dumping all 13 episodes back to back is a way yeah. simpler. Series 7 was a bit of a um, weird release schedule because it was, it was uh, five episodes in the fall of, uh, sorry, the autumn. You watch <laughs> of, too much uh... American media. <laughs> it, was, it was five episodes in the autumn of 2012 and then eight episodes in the spring, oh, sorry, a Christmas special, I mean, eight episodes in the spring with a new companion, yeah. Clara. Yeah, it felt like I a mean, new season, like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, the anniversary special, I mean, the Christmas special. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it was, it was very strange. Yeah. Yeah. The Doctor then goes and has another quiet conversation with the Captain. I'm enjoying the second half of the episode, this section anyway. Uh, the the ending gets just a bit kind of whatever, but this yeah. the more quiet you know it's it's a it's a given trope. I like it when characters talk. Uh, <laughs> you know this little section where it's just the doctor and the captain on the boat looking up to the stars and basically talking about you know one you need a companion to be with you if you're doing all this traveling you know it gets really lonely being the father you want to be and fixing choices that you've made before in the past you know and nothing's ever set in stone. It's it's a it's a lovely little scene I think. I remember watching this back in the day and thinking um, the Doctor was thinking of Susan when he was talking to Avery in this part, thinking of uh, you know his granddaughter and how he kind of abandoned her in London, you know. Yeah, but that's what she deserves because she flirted with a guy for like a whole five <laughs> seconds. So, you know. Oh yes, yes. Any inkling that somebody is somebody fancies someone means they must marry them. That's, that's yep. how it works. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 women don't get a choice do they no 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 uh the the, the doctor doesn't even give susan a choice <laughs> i remember watching that episode there she's just with the guy then the doctor goes i'm leaving you bye and she's like what what do you mean and then you know he, he goes off and gives an amazing speech but uh, it very yeah. much wasn't susan's decision to stay at, at, at least in the peter cushion remake of that movie uh, of that story uh, he didn't abandon Susan, mainly because she was, like, 12. <laughs> that would have been very strange. Yeah, yeah and, and really dark if he abandoned her because of, <laughs> to, to stay with a guy. Uh. But, but yeah, um, it's, it's a nice little scene, and uh, uh, you were saying earlier about how every scene is loud and 
has music, you're completely wrong. <laughs> this scene has music still. At the very end, kind of. I think it's got music pretty much throughout, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got music throughout. It's 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 like a subtle like okay. violin, you know, but it, it's still it's got music playing throughout every scene except for that one minute and a half where there was no music, you know. Uh, Fair enough. It, it, it doesn't need to be there. You didn't even notice it. Like <laughs> that's the point. You don't notice it. It's complimentary to the scene. Is it complimentary to the scene? No. If you don't know, if I don't notice it, then no, yes. <laughs> you don't. You don't notice anything, though. You're dumb. True. Got point. <laughs> We then get a scene that I half like and half don't like. Uh, Storm comes in on the boat, and uh, you know it's very dramatic. The the water's rushing. It looks, you know, I think this stuff actually looks good on camera. You know, the yeah. more stuff you have moving around in the frame, the nicer the shot looks. That's why rain scenes always look incredible. Um, and you know they're 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 trying to get the boat working in the ocean. The captain's yelling off stuff. Rory's got a few funny quips here and there. Uh, I like the bit where he calls them like he's like, "Get this thing done, you rats!" And Rory's there like, "I only heard rats." <laughs> um, but uh, eventually he he calls the boy to get his jacket. Uh, boy goes down, grabs the jacket, and the crown falls out. Oh no! Greed has struck again. That is this captain's biggest sin: is greed. The siren comes out and kills the boy, or at least, you know, uh, we're led to suspect. Uh, before the siren comes out, everybody just stands still watching the crown tumble. I, my, my thinking there is is it's kind of like, you know, everybody's like kind of frozen, like, oh my god, knowing what's going to happen, you know, yeah, their but, bodies just kind of freeze up. But we're still a good uh, 30 to 45 seconds there where everybody's just standing around watching the boy almost get killed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, just... You know, just get, get the boy out of the way any minute. I mean, there's a big storm happening. You might get blown off the ship like what happens to Rory in a few minutes, you know? <laughs> uh, but the the crown goes rolling, the siren comes out, it murders the boy. Uh, which, at this point, if you didn't know what the twist was, and you weren't the biggest fan of Moffat in general, I'm sure you would have thought that Moffat has ruined Doctor Who because he's just murdered a <laughs> child. Uh... You know, because he went, he liked darker Doctor Who, so him murdering mm. a kid definitely not out of his wheelhouse. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I mean, it's what centered around the fiftieth anniversary was child oh, murder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but the the child gets murdered, and uh, Matt Smith finally has his Doctor moment in this episode, where I'm like, yes, he's back. Uh, where he's shouting at the the captain, being like, "You just couldn't let it go, is it? That's why you went a pirate because you're greed." You know, you just and it's. I love Matt Smith shouting and giving a monologue. He does it in every episode. It's always brilliant. <laughs> yeah, the anger behind his voice and eyes. Yeah, are just very good. It's very good performance here. Yeah, uh, and then randomly Rory gets hit with a piece of wood <laughs> and goes flying off the ship. It it comes out of nowhere, but he's just he just starts drowning in the ocean. It's it's a recurring theme for uh, Rory to almost die in every episode. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I love Rory. Um. And then the doctor's like, well, we have to get the siren back. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? And I, I guess the only justification I could come to, which quickly gets ruined, is that the doctor's like, we'll just give him a quick death. You know, drowning's a horrible way to go. At least this way it'll be quick and we'll, it's the best we can do to save him. Uh, but the doctor has seemingly figured out that the siren yeah. 
isn't killing folk because he just comes up with the plan that okay we've also got to prick our fingers so that we'll get taken because maybe she's not not actually killing anybody even though he's got no reason to think that he just oh yeah of course she's not killing anybody you know yeah the the idea just comes out of absolutely nowhere and there's no scene where you think that matt smith's doctor has considered this possibility uh, yeah, it's a, re- it's a recurring theme in Doctor Who that the Doctor makes a plan without consulting anyone or explaining it to anyone. Um, Curse of Fenric, which is, which is what we're doing next month, has a similar moment, and that's used to great effect there. But here is just out of nowhere. It's just he just is like, oh yeah, no, she's a good guy. She's not killing anybody. He's it, 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 no reason it, it, to think that. <laughs> it's like the, it's like the Doctor just looked at his watch and thought, oh shit, we have fifteen minutes left of the episode. <laughs> we need to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's that's why I half like it and half don't. You know, I like the Matt Smith moments. I like the cinematography in the scene actually, but that moment where he just figures out everything's okay can just it kind of ruins the scene for me because it comes out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, like like explain it to Amy and be like, oh shit, I just remembered. I, I met this uh, hologram like decades ago, and I remember her helping. She's a nurse. Just explain it. Yeah, of. yeah. I, I, it's, it's really hard because I can't think of a scene that would happen where yeah. the doctor would find out that she's not an evil siren because they have the issue of that she doesn't talk. She just screams, and when she screams, she looks like an evil monster, maybe, you know? Maybe the doctor could have had, like, lines earlier on where he's like, I, I vaguely remember looking at something like that before. I can't maybe he just it. he just scans her with the sonic, and then yeah. he goes... Oh my god, she's actually an android. The sonic screwdrivers told me. Oh, wait, yeah. maybe they're okay. Maybe, maybe if she's if she's a robot, maybe there's a chance that she's not killing them, you know? And, yeah, and, it, the, it, and it you does, know, you're using the sonic yeah. screwdrivers as a get-out-of-jail-free card, but at least he does something other than stand there and go, actually, everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, his solution is, oh yeah, just trust me and almost Let's Let's yourself. commit suicide. Yeah, let's all commit suicide now. <laughs> So they wake up on an alien ship and the doctor basically goes, hey, it's kind of like, you know, they've met in the, the same like universe at the same time, sort of like multidimensional thing. And Amy went, oh, cool, I get it. And he went, good, because it's, it's, it's actually it's nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a doctorism I really enjoy. Um, and they go around exploring and they find these alien skeletons. And I quite like the look of these aliens. I think they look pretty groovy. Uh, as yeah, far as alien skeletons go, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they're covered in this like slime and stuff, and it would find and you know they're like, what killed these aliens? Did the siren murder all these aliens? And the doctor he gives him a quick scan. He's like, oh no, it's human bacteria. They caught a cold, you know that, that because obviously it wasn't a virus that they had ever been, you know, yeah. with, and then they didn't get their immunity jabs. Their biological systems are different, so it murdered them up. And it's a sci-fi concept that I don't think is used enough times in sci-fi shows. It's used mm. every now and then in particular shows. I think Star Trek probably does something with it. Uh, this is Doctor Who's use of it. I cannot think of anything other off the top of my head. Uh, there's, but... there's an episode in the William Hartnell era called The Ark, which deals with a concept much like yeah. this, where a society has outgrown the human cold, and, they, and then suddenly Dodo comes along and... Futurama. Futurama has an episode with it where Fry has the cold, and oh, yeah. everybody's like, "Oh my god, we this went extinct. <laughs> this went extinct so long ago, you know." Uh, yeah, Futurama. Futurama has explored all the great sci-fi concepts. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really good concept because you know if you're exploring space and you're going to other planets, there's going to be different bacteria your body's never been exposed to. 
Uh, there's also an episode of Torchwood where everybody comes, uh, it's like a historical thing, and everybody comes from the past and from bringing in plague and all that. Oh, it's not, nice. It's not really explored with that much in the episode, but it's, it's there. It's there, yeah, it's there. <laughs> it, it's a pretty fun idea. And then, as you said, we're suddenly watching K-9 when the Doctor puts his hand on one of the uh, aliens, and he's like, eww, bogeys, and he then rubs it on Amy. Uh, as they walk yeah. away, it, it's yeah. it's it's a line to make kids laugh, isn't it? You know. Yeah, it's a very uh, yeah. I think kids need to laugh because I I can't imagine kids being that entertained by this pirate adventure. To be honest, it's a, it's a, it depends. You know, if if a kid's really into pirates, you know, I think that there's something about swashbuckling that you either really like or really just yeah. don't care for. I you think know? I I'm, I think I'm in the latter category. I quite I quite like a swashbuckle. Uh, I like saying it. It's a fun word to say. Yes, <laughs> The doctor and everybody else come walking into a big warehouse, basically, where everybody that's been taken is sitting on sci-fi beds. Some of them are floating in the sky. Some of them are not floating in the sky. It's a fun design of a wee very much shot in a warehouse. <laughs> you you know. can... Oh, this was obviously shot near the end of the season. You can tell that they kind of lost their budget near the end. <laughs> they, they spent too much money on uh, filming in America or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I will say they, they must have definitely shot this, you know, one, during the day, and two, when everybody was feeling much more refreshed because suddenly everybody's performances aren't as tired-seeming, mm. you know? <laughs> everybody's back to being really good. Uh, and, you know, the the... Pirate Captain calls out for his son, Amy calls out for Rory, and the Doctor calls out for the TARDIS in a great moment, and he like gives her like gives the TARDIS this huge hug, which plays into the next episode when she becomes a lady. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they start looking around at the bodies, uh, they touch, they do something to Rory's tubes, and the siren calls, they all hide, and they're like, oh my god, what's she doing? What, you know, what, what's she doing? Oh, she's sedating them with anesthetic, you know? And then the pirate tries to shoot her, she screams, the doctor sneezes, she tries to set the doctor on fire. Uh, <laughs> which, which is very bizarre, you know? <laughs> Seems oh, yeah. like a really extreme thing, and a dangerous thing to do when you've got, like, oxygen tanks. Oxygen's extremely yeah. explosive. But, but, but dude... But that's what you do in hospital. Somebody has a cold, oh, yeah. you just burn kill them. Burn, yeah. burn him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he blows into a tissue and she burns the tissue instead. Uh, and basically this is where they figure out that she's a doctor, not a siren. She's like an android trying to save people and she's not letting them touch Rory. And Amy's like, hey, but I'm his wife. I should be allowed to do that. And the the siren's are like, sign this consent form. And which Amy like, does a sci-fi thing you know sticks her hand over her hand and the special effects go blue uh <laughs> and uh then the siren's like yo cool peace i'm out uh and leaves them with rory and the body as he starts to you know they turn off the machine and he starts con- like uh, what's the what's the word i'm looking for uh cult, 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 what's the word where you're like your body's shaking convulsing convulsing uh you know he starts convulsing and they turn it back on it turns out he's drowning and the machine is keeping him alive as much as this is very much a lower budget than the rest of the episode has been yeah. because they're now just in a warehouse with the lights i think i prefer it to most of the boat stuff <laughs> yeah yeah just the idea of um the villain turning out to just be wanting to help humanity is something that's happened quite a bit in Doctor Who. If you look at the empty child where the particles yeah. 
uh, first contact. Try to help them is. and they don't know how to help them, yeah. yeah. And we just listened to a story, uh, Girl Deconstructed, in one of the Ninth Doctor audio box sets, where uh, they take the little girl away when she wants to go away, and we're like, we just get confused. That's another good story there. Yeah, it's yeah, a, a, a good little theme, I think. Um, and my question to you is, you know how they just got onto this uh, facility? Mm-hmm. Why weren't they sent to one of the beds as well? My, I see. I thought this, and why were they just left to like sit on the floor? And my only head cannon reason I could come up with is the siren took them, and then went. Oh, they've just got a prick on their finger. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, uh, my presumption. My presumption is there's no beds left, but at the same time, the, the doctor wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's. Mm. it's, yeah, it's, it's it's conv- it's convenient. There's no beds left. I think it would have. They just don't have time. I think it would have led to an interesting second half if suddenly they're trapped in these beds, you know, mm, and they can't get yeah. out without active. And they've got to try and figure their way out through that way. But that's like a whole episode, not yeah. the last ten minutes to wrap up the plot, you know. So we then run into our kind of climactic ending, uh, where they wake Rory up and you know, hooked up to the machine, so he's talking to them as if nothing's wrong. And they're like, yo, you're gonna die, by the way. And he goes like, well, oh, what? And they're like, yeah, you're definitely drowning, so you can either stay here forever or drown. Uh... Yeah, I was expecting Rory to be like, again? Because <laughs> he's, he's already died, like, twice at this point. He's gonna die, like, five more times. No companions had it rougher than Rory. You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, but uh, he remembers, as you said, he actually remembers he's a nurse. A companion remembering their day job? <laughs> Never. Uh, but And he's like, I can walk you through resuscitating me, you know, CPR, uh, basic, you know, stuff. It, it won't be too hard. I trust you, you can do it. And they have this big sob-sob. The doctor goes over to the pirate captain and he's like, yo, your boy's got like typhoid fever. There, he's, there's, He'll die <laughs> if he leaves this ship. And the captain's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to stay on this ship with my boy then because I can't go back to England. You know, I'm a wanted pirate. Uh, and the doctor's like, oh, sound, sick. Okay, problem solved. <laughs> uh, which basically wraps up their story and it's like, you know, because this guy, obviously, he went missing. Uh, after he stole all that treasure, and Doctor Who's conclusion is, yeah, he went off to go fly an alien spaceship, and a hundred percent would have died in space because he's yeah. no idea what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm surprised that um, uh, Big Finish hasn't done a spin-off of some yeah. sort for this character. It feels like to, perfect spin-off material. We we need to to send them an email. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the Doctor and Amy carry Rory into the TARDIS, where she starts performing CPR for quite some time. Uh, yeah. And it's, it, it it falls into an issue with me uh, that often happens whenever you've got CPR shown on camera uh, because you cannot do CPR on a live human being. Yeah. Because you can, you know, bruise ribs, break ribs. You could cause them to have a heart. You could so many things could go wrong if you do CPR. So you have to do like fake CPR and not actually put any impact on the chest. And mm-hmm. the way that they've shot it is so Amy's clearly just doing it on like a dummy or something, and you're just seeing like her close up, and Rory's close up, and the doctor's close up. I think the performances are all stellar. It's just the way that it's shot to me. It just it took. I'm like, oh, this is kind of, you know, not the yeah. best way to shoot it. But that's the issue with shooting CPR scenes. They're always a nightmare. 
My issue with this scene is I don't care because I know Rory's going to survive. Even when I watched this episode for the first time, I knew he was going yeah. to survive. That, so I didn't it, it, give that, a shit. That was why, right? That's why I love, and it's why I love Clara's death, because yeah. Clara's death is seeming is also just in a random episode, it comes out of nowhere, and she dies. And I remember being like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, you just killed off a companion. This is episode like six. What are you? What do you mean you've killed a companion? <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I love it. That's why I think Clara's death hits so hard. This one, yeah, you know, there's not that dramatic. The music's like building up building up and then starts to fade out as you think rory's dead and then boom kicks back in as rory coughs up the water again also, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of this as either the doctor should know cpr or he has some kind of device that could get the water out of rory's system like, <laughs> the, doc- like- the, doc- the doctor's been pretty <laughs> chill with rory dying this whole episode honestly <laughs> like-, <laughs> like like the doctor is a fucking magic wand just get the water out of there i suppose but that's less dramatic isn't also, it you also know? D- does it tardis not have any like life support system it feels like it should do because it has a pregnancy test system <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I guess pregnancy test you just gotta scan the body to see if there's the embryo growing you know with the what's the he's gonna scan yeah there's definitely water in his lungs <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, but eventually Rory coughs up the water, he comes back alive, and everybody's like, oh, Rory, you're alive, huzzah. Uh, and we cut to the, the pirates, and they're they're flying away on the spaceship, and, you know, that's their happy ending. Weirdly, all of the pirates are out of their beds, which I was figuring they wouldn't be able to do without dying. Uh, yeah. y- you know, shouldn't they all have to stay in the bed to, to it, be... It- a lot of them only. A lot of them only had cuts. Cuts and scratches, yeah. But the yeah. boy's out of the bed, and he's got like typhoid. He's got life, yeah, he's got he's got a life support system for. He's got a little tube on his neck. Okay, I just didn't notice that. Uh, as they fly off into a sun and one hundred percent die. Uh, <laughs> as the doctors then, you know, they're flying away in the TARDIS and we're wrapping up. And, you know, he's saying, he says, you know, good night, Amelia. And Amy goes, hey, you only call me that when you're worried about me. And he's like, oh, I'm always worried about you. Ha ha ha. And then we get a flashback with Amy and Rory looking at the doctor's death, uh, where he gets shot by the impossible astronaut in America. They burn his corpse, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn style, uh, you know, and Rory's like, we can't tell him that that's his future. You know, we've just got to go to bed and let what will happen happen. And they go off to bed and we see that the doctor's been scanning Amy and she is testing positive and negative for pregnancy. Her pregnancy is in flux. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, which, you know, it's setting up for the, the big arc where it turns out that she's been in like the incubator this whole time. And this is like doppelganger Amy and, you know, it's this whole big thing. Uh, and we get the next time trailer for the next episode, which is just an amazing episode and a really good trailer. And that wraps up this episode of The Curse of the Black Spot. So, Scott. Oh, God. <laughs> what did you think about The Curse of the Black Spot? Uh, Curse of the Black Spot is one of those episodes where it's neither good or bad. It's like a Schrodinger's cat kind of episode. It's just watchable and mediocre it reminds me of every chibnall era episode where there's a decent concept in there somewhere but it doesn't quite go the full way yeah there's good moments good moments in a forgettable episode yeah yeah i i think this is like a six out of ten episode it's like slap bang in the middle average it is 
very much perfect for episode three. You know, yeah. it is just it is a regular adventure, not much stakes, not much going on, but some fun character moments and plays into the larger plot overall. Uh, you know, lays some decent groundwork for that. It's it is forgettable though, like. I forgot this was even an episode before we we covered yeah. it, and I'll probably forget it's an episode in two months' time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the only reason we did this episode was because Legend of the Sea Devils is yes. coming out in a few days. It's Sunday, and... isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, that's that's so... the only reason why I I picked out this episode because if if Legends of the Sea Devils didn't exist, we'd never get to this episode. To be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a random episode for us to cover, you know. But yeah. it, it's pirate themed, and we've been on a pirate themed kick because you know, obviously, Sea Devils, and now this, and then Legend of the Sea Devils coming up. Uh, I cannot wait to be done with the ocean. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, well, we're doing Curse of the Fenric next uh, month, which yeah. I picked out before I knew Sea Devils are coming back, and that's very sea themed. But yeah, yeah, we're we're never done. We're never going to be done with the ocean. Uh, but I think that wraps us up. So you could set. What did you think about the Curse of the Black Spot? Did you remember this was an episode? Is it for somehow your favorite episode of Thought? I would be. That, that would be, be yeah yeah you must have terrible taste if so uh <laughs> <laughs> you can send us an email at who watches who pod at gmail.com uh and in the meantime you can find us on facebook at who watches who on youtube at who watches who on twitter at watches doctor and this podcast is available in audio form wherever you listen to podcasts and in video form hello uh on youtube at youtube at just go to who watches who our seo is fantastic on youtube it's my only channel with good seo my other channel mess incredibly hard to find but you should yeah, definitely check yeah. it out. I pre I make short films. I got a new short film out. It's a really good one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> every time I every time I try to look for your channel, it's yeah. it's it's a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, if our URL, if you go to youtube.com/messyoutube, it'll take you right to our chat. Like that's our URL. But All actually, right. search searching us into the YouTube search bar best of luck uh <laughs> i swear we must be like shadow band and i have no idea why uh, but, uh but yeah that you know you can find my stuff there uh youtube.com slash mess youtube you can follow me on twitter at cloth 223 uh what else have we got what have we got coming up next week scott and uh, next week we are doing legend of the sea devils it's the episode that comes out in two days that's why we're doing this episode and yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Hopefully, it's the second to last Jodie Whittaker episode, and that's going to be interesting to see if any story arcs get wrapped up. They won't. Maybe? Uh, they won't, no. Uh, my question for you, and this is more of a question for me than it is for the audience, uh, are we going to be releasing this episode on the Sunday or the Monday after, or are we going to wait till Friday to wait release Wait till Friday, because... Okay. I because this is off-camera stuff, but maybe we're going to do, like, a proper breakdown of it, like we just did with... Do you scene by scene? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending yeah, yeah. on time, yeah, yeah. but... Yeah, no, we should be able to do it until full big episode, yeah. Because our, our, our regular Flux series, we just kind of gave our opinions on it, because obviously going through into our deep dives would be impossible to do that uh, yes. for the, you know, the the workload that we've gotten for Flux. But, yeah, we could, be, we could, we could break that down. Uh... Yeah, so look forward to the Legend of the Sea Devils next. And until then, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye. <laughs>